Welcome to Right to the Point, a podcast featuring honest conversation and biblical solutions to America's cultural challenges. Hi, I'm Tim Throckmorton of LifePoint Ministries. To learn more about LifePoint and to access past episodes of Right to the Point podcast and Right to the Point commentary, and if you'd like to support the podcast, please visit lifepointusa.org. So glad you've joined us here today in this episode. We welcome my friend, Pennsylvania State Senator Doug Mastriano. Uh, He is a combat veteran, a son of a career Navy man, an Eagle Scout, worked as a paper boy, janitor, security guard, and short order cook, served in the U.S. Army in 1986, and served on the Iron Curtain with the 2nd Armored Cavalry Regiment in West Germany, went on to serve in Washington, D.C., the 3rd Infantry Division and U.S. uh, Army in Europe as well. He's a doctor, has a Doctor of History degree, four master's degrees, and he is uh, retired from the United States Army as a colonel. And we welcome him. Uh, He is also a senator uh, in Pennsylvania, state senator. And we welcome him to the Right to the Point podcast today. Senator Mastriano, it's a delight to have you along with us. And I want to uh, thank you for your service to our nation and for being my friend. God bless you, sir. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. Well, I, I, I love just hanging out with you because of your love of history and as I look in the background, I see, I see Gettysburg, and I see uh, your backyard, basically. Uh, so, uh, if you would, let's talk a little bit about history as we get started, because we are rich in our nation. Uh, we have such a godly heritage, and with that being taken away from so many Americans over the last decades, few decades. How how has that made us poor? How has that affected our nation? How would you how would you uh, contextualize that as far as where we are as a nation because we haven't taught American history? I mean, going back to Joshua chapter four, when the children of Israel are finally entering the Promised Land, and you know, as uh, they're about to cross the Jordan River, you know, God gives instructions to Joshua, who's now in charge. That each tribe needs to grab a stone out of the uh, bed of the dried up Jordan River, which God will dry up, and then plant it on the western side, of the Israel side of, of the river. And he says, so that when you and your children pass by the these in later years, you remember, you'll remember what God did for you. And so those are called memorial stones. What you see behind me are memorial stones in my district at the battlefield of Gettysburg. That's that's a giant Pennsylvania monument there with all 32,246 names of every Pennsylvanian that fought there. And uh, there's names on there. And these remember, some people go down the panels, Tim, and they say, that's a relative of mine. You know, this regiment was from Mercer County. That's got to be one of my relatives. And you remember the sacrifice. You remember where you came from. You remember how this country was built and how we have these freedoms today. And when you're disconnected from that understanding of where you're from, how you were founded, what were the ideals that, that drove this nation here, then you're vulnerable to a deception. Alexander Solzhenitsyn wrote uh, actually at a speech in Harvard in 1983, in 1983 after being released from Siberian you know, labor camps, you know, archipelagos, they called them gulags yeah. out in Siberia. He came and spoke. Reagan worked real hard to get him, uh, get his freedom. And he said that he's uh, used to ask his grandparents when he was a kid in the 1930s, 
you know, why did all these things happen to the great Russian empire? It used to be you know, a bulwark of Christianity, had a lot of problems, obviously. But how did this, this horror of 60 million dead happen to this once great, powerful people? And his grandparents would say, well, we forgot God. And then he went on to research the, the Russian Revo the Soviet Revolution for the next 50 years of his life as a historian. And he said, if I had to sum up in one phrase why all these things happened, not only to 60 million, but then, you know, World War II, 25 million more killed, you know, in the war with the Nazis. He said, all this happened simply because we have forgotten God. And, and I believe, you know, that that's connected with your history. Yes. Amen. Now, Gettysburg, which is a place I love to visit. There are so many memorable places there. I think I, I can walk out on little round top and just sit there mm. and absorb the, the, uh, the story of Chamberlain and his men from the 20th Maine, uh, kind of, kind of describe how important this place is because Gettysburg, you know, it's, it's, it's just a civil war battle. No, it is a turning point that not only affected the outcome of the Civil War, but affected uh, who we are and as a nation today. It really is critical. And, you know, there, there's in great deeds, something abides, Chamberlain said, as he dedicated the, the monument to 20th Maine at the base of Little Round Top in 1886. In great deeds, something abides, you know, and he talks about how things, shapes will change, but something endures there. And at the base, a little round top, our nation's future was really decided whether there would be a United States of America. We take it for granted since it was secured for us. But at that moment, we are at a crossroads. Uh, the major European powers of the United Kingdom, France and Spain were poised and ready to recognize the Confederacy and fight by their side. If that had happened, uh, we'd be speaking a German dialect or a Southern twang. I don't know how it would shape out, you know, <laughs> with the defeated United States, but it would, our world would be different. And how would it be different? Uh, 1918, World War One, the Allies had been at it for four years against the Axis powers and Central powers. And, you know, the, the French army had mutinied. The Soviet army had collapsed into to the Bolshevik uh, Revolution. Uh, the British were worn out. And the Germans uh, had one more push left in them. They had a million men from the Eastern Front. They were shifting over to the Western Front to knock out the West and win the war. But guess what? America showed up and turned the tide. It was only because of America that Europeans remained freed and, and that the Germans were defeated. World War II, 1944, 1945, you know, whether it's in the Pacific or Europe, fighting militarism in the Pacific and Nazism, fascism uh, in Europe, it was the United States. Uh, that won and defeated those powers with a lot of help from allies, but but we were the leaders. We were the arsenal of democracy. And so when you go to Gettysburg, we have that rich history because of the sacrifice of Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain and so many others that fell in that bloodiest battle in all of North America. And these are just regular Americans yep. that, that left home to do this. And it occurs to me, I was at a tree lighting ceremony last night in my hometown here in Southern Ohio at the courthouse. And this regular Americans who are serving locally have an impact. Uh, you know, those who serve in the military, you, um, sir, and, and all of the things you were involved in and the men, you know, I, I was going through uh, looking at your Facebook page today and I was seeing all those you remember, you constantly are bringing to remembrance those who gave their lives and and sacrificed everything that uh, they had and that we can be free today we must not forget those those lives uh, we, we can't do it can we no and 
So every day you'll see three to five posts of Pennsylvanians, and this is just Pennsylvanians, mostly young men, you know, just, just starting life. And, you know, when you lose them that young, I say they lose two lives, the lives are living and the ones yet they're going to have, you know, may, or maybe get married and have kids and get a regular job. And uh, you look at the sacrifice. Some of these guys, you know, they look like they're 15, especially from yeah. the Vietnam era. I mean, it's like, he's just so young. And they they gave it their all, the last full measure of devotion, as Lincoln would say in his Gettysburg address, you know, that they gave it all so that you and I and every other American can be free. And, you know, I uh, it took a lot of effort to, to research and pull all those names. And we go back to Vietnam. Our goal is to go back, uh, keep on going back further. Um, but it's people need to remember. And, and Tim, it's really heartbreaking when you read on there and, and a brother or a sister or an uncle or a friend or a fellow soldier will write a remembrance about them. And it really makes it personal and it almost breaks you down in tears. You need this. This is somebody like me. Yeah, exactly. I, before we get to some current events and I want to talk to you about what's happening in America and the world, but I, I want to also take time and hear you for a moment this is Christmas season, and there there's a moment for us as we look at Operation Christmas Child and other ways that churches and individuals can minister. But th there there are great ministries that are working to sh to share Christmas joy with with veterans and and veterans groups. Uh, talk about how important it is for those who who feel forgotten this time of year. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting time. You know, obviously, I've spent Christmas the way in the Middle East, in combat zones, in Afghanistan. And so it's really, really hard to be away from home at such an occasion that you remember family and you're wondering what they're doing and, you know, and, and how you're missing out on the joy with your kids and your wife and, you know, friends and family. And it, you're just so far away, you know, in a distance, a distant land with a foreign culture that has really no, no, no issue Merry Christmas, but, but nothing to do with Christianity and, and their culture. And so it's so important that you just take a minute to remember them. I mean, that communication now is so much easier in Desert Storm, my first Christmas away from home. I mean, it, it took letters two to four weeks to get to reach you in the desert. So now it's so much easier with communications. But you know, do send a care package if you have a somebody in the military serving overseas, even if it's not a combat zone, send a care package with just some something from home. If you're from Pennsylvania, something from Pennsylvania, uh, something that they'll cherish, remember as part of your family's celebration of, of Jesus. And, and it, just, it it's important that they remember. That's all. Yeah, very good. Very good. Well, let's talk about the Middle East, if we if we can. Um, you know, there are two things about what happened on October 7th that just it just just seemed to overwhelm us first is the terror and the 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 demonic influence there and some of the acts of terror that took place secondly uh it's it's the rise or unveiling if you will of anti-semitism in in our nation not just in the world but in our nation this is an amazing moment we've got to be we've got to be smart we've got to be uh good stewards of this as christians and as as uh, influencers in our nation today, don't we? We really do. And, you know, it's it's remained not just because of what happened October 7th, but this is a time of courage. This is where 
you know, God is looking for good men and women to stand up because bad things happen when good men and women do nothing, you know, if I'll borrow from that one historian from the 1800s. Yeah. And so when you complain about how bad things they are, you know, currently are, what are you doing about it to stem the tide? What are you doing about it to protect our freedoms so that your kids and grandkids can enjoy the same freedoms that you and I grew up with? And uh, now it's time to do something about it. And you know, doing something about it, it, it's not a big demand. It's making sure, number one, you vote. And number two, back a candidate that has your values. Back a candidate with your donations, with your with your volunteer hours, something more than just sitting around complaining. And all those politicians in Harrisburg and D.C. are corrupt. Okay, if you really believe it, then maybe you ought to run for office yourself and, and, and make a difference. Start off with a school board. Start off in the local government, you know, county commissioner or supervisor in a township or what have you. I mean, there's plenty of opportunities. If, if you don't have the wherewithal to do it, then find somebody you can get behind. That somebody might need a nudge. Somebody, you know, somebody had a nudge me. I mean, so this is not something I wanted to. <laughs> now, on the other token here, the anti-Semitism, uh, I'm appalled by it. You know, here, here's one thing that's gone, you know, a cross-eyed with the left. The left uh, to oppress and bully and threaten and to keep, you know, wealthy Christian uh, donors, uh, business donors from giving to candidates, they'll accuse a candidate, you know, like me of being, you know, anti this, anti that, you know, something phobic and just a whole list. And uh, they have Christian businessmen and women scared to stand on their values. I mean, I, Tim, I take it for granted. I figured that, you know, these people believe uh, the same things I do. They do. But they're not willing to sacrifice anything or take any risks. Uh, if they lose a few bucks there, uh, that's okay. But they'll leave you know, conservative candidates, me, you know, hanging high and dry, which happened in a lot of cases last year because uh, the Shapiro, the Democrat machine under Shapiro and the media fabricated all these allegations of hate and phobic and this is same. You cut your eyes, kind of roll in the back of your head, like here we go again. They're completely <laughs> baseless or fabricated. You know, it's a, it's a big stretch in logic to even, you know, come up with this, but they'll just throw it out there, they'll perpetuate it. And then, you know, people that have money to help candidates, they, they run on high. So you, you you don't love your country clearly because you want the Democrat to win. I, I have a, a big business in, in my district here, you know, uh, has given a lot to me and, and they took it on the chin. And, uh, you know, I, I hope to have the courage and endurance to, to stay in the fight and not be coward and allow uh, people less worthy, you know, people don't have, have our values, you know, run for office. Uh, the second thing here is we do have to stand with the Jewish people. In uh, Romans chapter 15, you know, Paul talks about how I, hey, I'm, I really need to come to the church of Rome. I want to visit you Christians in Rome. Uh, I'm, I'm planning on going out to Spain first, but, but before all that happens, uh, the, the Greek people in Northern and Southern Greek and Macedonia and Achaia, they've made a big donation for me to bring to Jerusalem to help the poor saints the poor Jewish saints in Jerusalem uh, for relief from a famine that was going on. And, he, and Paul goes on to say, you know, and, and I'm going to paraphrase in modern language, you know, we've received, we've reaped this beautiful spiritual harvest from the Jewish uh, people, from the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We're debtors to them, spirit, uh, to them spiritually. Therefore, we need to minister to them in the flesh, you know, in the carnal, in the flesh where we can. And so right now, uh, our Jewish brothers and sisters, they need our support. They need our backing. They are at war with a vicious, relentless enemy. We haven't seen this level of, of horror at such a grand scale since the Nazis. And let me tell you just one difference. The Nazis were horrific. Six million Jews eliminated. Just just kids, women, children, all ages, you know, artists to laborers. I mean, every strata of society from across every corner of Europe 
I, I stood on the plots in Warsaw. The Ubung's plots were a quarter million Jews. Uh, most of them died, were, were sent down to Auschwitz on a train stop in Warsaw. I stood on a spot where in 1943, uh, those surviving in the, in the Jewish ghetto, waiting to die, rose up and, and fought the Nazis and made the Nazis pay a big price, led by Mordecai and so many others. Um, you know, it, it was awful what happened. What's interesting to me, though, Tim, is the Nazis, there was there was shame uh, when they had these ersatz squads, these special squads going around and, and you know, shooting lines and lines of Jewish men, women and children. Uh, those, those squads couldn't cope with, with what they were doing and they would get drunk. They, they would be intoxicated constantly to, to cope with it. Um, the Nazis try to hide what they did. What happened by Hamas on October 7th, they didn't try to hide anything. We have images of a guy walking around, one of these murderer terrorists walking around with a severed head of a young man. Another one excitedly with calling, mom, dad, dad, I just killed so many Jews, put mom on the phone. And his dad's like, I'm so proud of you. I mean, this this is a level of evil that we haven't seen in modern life. Yeah. And the biblical the biblical meaning here, I mean, Gaza of all places, you know, Philistine. This is this is a this is really a moment in our history that should cause us to wake up if we're not yeah. overwhelmed and and uh, uh, intoxicated with all the, uh, the the misinformation that is everywhere. For Christians, this should cause us to to really dial in and pay attention, shouldn't it? Yeah, it should. And, you know, so we have a Jewish legacy in that area going, you know, between three and five thousand years, depending if you want to go with Abraham passing through the land or with David, you know, coming in and, and conquering it or Joshua, for that matter. You know, and Jerusalem is the capital of Israel because King David captured it from the Jebusites. The Jebusites said the blind and lame can't capture this this fortress of ours. And, and David did. So, yeah. and, you know, it's, it's been uh, the symbol of Israel uh, for for literally millennium. And you know, what's interesting, so the Arabs that that are there, you know, the, these Palestinians are not Philistines, they're Arabs. The Arabs came in with Muhammad's army when they conquered this Christian area. And yeah. all of North Africa and that part of the Middle East was Christian, Greek Christian, uh, at least led by the, you know, the Greek part, eastern part of the church. And uh, so around 700 AD, when the Arab army swept through, they, they slowly populated the area. And, and you know, so the true Egyptians, the Egyptians that would go back, you know, to Cleopatra's time, and I know she's Greek, but the, the true Egyptians are the Coptic Christian minority in Egypt, not the ruling Arabs. The Arabs came in with, with the, the Islamic armies. And so, but it's interesting because Philistia was, of course, a, a group called the Sea Peoples, believed to be Greek people from Crete that first landed and attacked uh, Egypt, were, were beaten back, and then they, you know, realigned and entered uh, in, into modern day Israel and, and carved off Gaza, you know, and Gath, where Goliath was from, and Ashkelon, yeah. and, and all these other territories that we were a thorn in the side of, of Israel for almost its entire existence. Yes, yes. And it, it's to, to those who want to say something about occupation is always a word that causes my ears to perk up. When you use that phrase, you better be using it correctly and it's not used correctly it's uh it's used it just it's just like church and state it's it's always used in an opposite place one of the things i so admire about you senator uh is that you're willing to stand for truth and you know you're attacked a lot i seem to be drawn to people that get attacked a lot <laughs> because they're usually doing the right thing 
And that's true in your case, and you're making and have made a great difference there in Pennsylvania. But I, I still, I want you to know, I believe your championing of history will have a lasting effect, uh, a generational impact, uh, long, uh, long beyond your moment there. Uh, because if we if we catch our history, then we are going to be better off for it, and. You know, I, I'm around a lot of pastors, a lot of churches every week. Uh, when I, I, I talk about American history, they'll ask me, what's the, what's, the, what's the most important thing we need to teach about our American history? What's the most important thing we need to say? And I know what my answer is, but uh, what would you say to those who say, I, I don't know how much I should dwell on our, our nation's founding. Uh, I think it fits well with the, the you know the biblical uh model of who we are to be as citizens but uh what say you to that person that has that question you know clearly our founding is, is imperative to understanding you know the vision and goals and, and what our founding fathers had in mind i mean this separation of church and state was was is a fabrication based off of a 1804 letter a private letter between thomas jefferson and a baptist pastor in rhode island it's not in the constitution and the way the Constitution is written, for instance, if you read the original documents and it's there, people should read the Constitution you know, annually just to remember what your rights are. So when the government comes in and tells you otherwise, you're like, no, wait a second. Um, but <laughs> it's to protect religion from being corrupted by government, not the other way around. There was never an intention, an intention by our founders or anyone up until the 1960s uh, to push out uh, religion. And so the Supreme Court for the past 20 some years now has been using something called the lemon test uh, as, as a pretense to separate religion from public life. And what one thing people don't realize is this, this pretense, this, this, uh, this case that's been used as a precedent to force out religion from public life has been struck down by the Supreme Court. And so the lemon test no longer exists. And, and this is a beautiful thing because now you know, people's religious faith can come back to the public life, come back to the government, uh, come back to the public sector and public schools. Uh, but we have a lot of uh, solicitors and lawyers that are risk adverse that don't know that the lemon test has been, you know, overruled and cast out as bad law. Um, so there's a move across the nation. And we, we heard from, you know, David Barton a couple weeks ago at his conference that to uh, bring law, law lawsuits forth to to set precedents to remind people the lemon test is gone now here's the beauty because sadly of course this has been abused by satanists and others you know you, you, somebody gets a 10 commandments monument and then you see this ridiculous monument of satan you know, popping up next to it that monument has no root in american history and the beautiful thing about the striking down of the lemon test is that the new precedent set forth by the supreme court says Christmas songs, Christmas carols, Christmas trees, Christmas songs that are Christian, not just, you know, snowmen and reindeer, like like so many schools have cowered to just, you know, kind of pop culture, got to keep religion out. Um, if there is a basis in American history for these things, they're allowed, they're permitted. So now these statues of Baal, you know, that are popping up, there's no basis in American practice and history and culture for those. But the Ten Commandments, you know, Chris, Christian practices that are traditional and rooted in America, celebrated by Abraham Lincoln, going back to George Washington and all our founding fathers, even Thomas Jefferson, the least religious. Uh, today, he'd be a, a radical conservative Christian, right, by our terms today. Yeah. But all these now are allowed in the public life. Yep. 
Exactly. Rick Green and I, uh, Patriot Academy, uh, you know, Rick from Patriot Academy. Yes. We, there's this thing that happens when a Christian hears our history and our godly heritage. And if they, if they know the Lord, they're serving the Lord, but they don't know their history because they haven't been taught that. And it happens over and over. It happens to you, I'm sure. There's a moment where the dots connect and they think, oh, that's why. And, and things begin to make sense that never made yes. sense before. And it's a beautiful thing. And, and I tell pastors, I dare you to teach, uh, to share our history, our heritage. Your folks will be enriched by it. And uh, they'll, you, they'll be better They'll be better citizens, and which will make your communities better as well. So I agree. Well, Senator, thank you so very much. I I just wanted to spend some time, introduce my audience to you and your good thank work you. there in Pennsylvania and your heart. I, I've always appreciated your heart. I recently was in Pennsylvania. You gave me a tour of the Capitol, and it was very meaningful. I still uh, think back to that fondly, and I, I pray that you have a wonderful Christmas season, you and and your wife and, and your family, may you be blessed and all your efforts be blessed there in Pennsylvania and beyond, sir. Thank you. And one final thought. So as the Battle of Little Round Top was, was raging and you had this professor who had a speech impediment for most of his life on the base of the hill, yeah. Chamberlain trying to hold back the Alabamans, further up were the Texans, the fourth and fifth Texans had crested the hill, had broken through the line. And then the 140th New York under Patrick O'Rourke showed up and stopped them. And in their history, the 4th and 5th Texans wrote, we won every battle until God stopped us on Little Round Top. Thank you. Merry <laughs> Christmas. God bless you, <laughs> sir. All the best. Bye now. Well, we had a great conversation there with Senator Doug Mastriano. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of Right to the Point. Uh, to learn more about LifePoint Ministries and to access past episodes of Right to the Point podcasts and commentary, and if you'd like to support the podcast, visit us at LifePointUSA.org. Stay in love with the Lord and in love with one another, and we'll see you next time for a fresh edition of Right to the Point.